Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 519 of the JV Club with my fabulous guest, Julia Shafini from the Spirits Podcast, among other various and sundry wonderful projects. Um, if you are a Tights and Fights listener, I noticed that coincidentally Julia appeared on the Tights and Fights podcast last week. So if you are in luck, if you are a listener of that fabulous podcast as well, uh, hear her twice. She is wonderful. I know you're going to enjoy this this episode. Uh, For those of you who came out to the Pennsylvania con, I just finished. What a, what a beautiful experience. I am still on the road for a few more days and I hope everybody is doing well, staying safe, and I'll talk to you next week. might come home during this so he might like briefly interrupt us just to let me know he's home because he likes to do that which will actually be relevant to the episode because we are high school sweethearts you are yeah oh my gosh you're the do are people like wait what like when you interact with people that you went to high school with who you maybe haven't talked to in a while are they like oh goodness that that assumes that i talk to people in high school (laughs) that i went to high school with besides amanda and my husband yeah sometimes like we see a lot of his friends but a lot of people that i knew in high school i don't really have contact with anymore but like his friends have known him since he was six years old so they okay known me since the beginning and are not surprised by it got it so you <laughs> so you didn't i'm and then listen this is super impressive detective work on my part so what i'm putting together is you did not go to high school with a bunch of people that you grew up with that you were close to that you were going to stay close to forever i would or, say no to that okay. or but yes and yes <laughs> and <laughs> who did you leave behind from high school that you were like toodaloo was it like a choice like these just aren't my people anymore or was it just sort of a grow apart like good luck friends on facebook but never interact kind of thing yeah it felt very much like that choice where it's like i'm leaving this small town on long island and i'm going to go to the big city boston Um, and (laughs) not the city you might think that yep no other exactly i'm probably not gonna talk to any of you ever again except for my friend who has been my friend for since we were five years old which is amanda my co-host now so and then the your true love which is also like i mean that's very interesting and special in that don't you think people sort of assume that if you end up with your high school sweetheart that means that you have this strong enduring connection to everything about high school like you know i'm sure we all still have picnics together or whatever yeah no i in my mind like i was very independent and like i i feel like i need like context for our relationship jake was and i mean this in the most loving way possible (laughs) he was my high school rebound and then i was like so i was like i need to be more independent i'm gonna go off to school and all that and we like still ended up doing long distance and stuff like that but i'm like i need to live my own life because i can't define myself by a man and then i graduated college and i was like I still super love this guy and I want to love him forever. This is great. Oh, man, that's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. also, like, do you feel like there was some part of you that was like, because you gave yourself permission to not be attached? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you were. Yeah. Because you were like, no, I this is I'm I've given myself the freedom to blah, blah, blah. Then it wasn't then you could come. I mean, 
Am I about to say if you love something set up free? Gross. (laughs) Gross. I I truly felt like I needed to learn my own independence in order to thrive and succeed in a relationship. And also understanding that we were going to be long distance, that level of trust that you need in order to maintain a long distance relationship. And so that was like the biggest thing for me. And then when I moved back to New York after living in Boston, and of course, like he would visit me all the time. He was probably up there like once a month to come see me and stuff like that. It still allowed me to like be the person that I wanted to be, but also I wasn't defining myself by that relationship. And it obviously we uh, still connected and still bonded after five years away from each other. And yeah, I mean, that's a a big deal, right? Just in terms of... I mean, it doesn't seem as much like a big deal when you keep friendships through that tumultuous period, but Mm -hmm. it absolutely, maybe we, yeah, we sort of place different value or or sort of different rules on relationships because when I think about my friendships lasting, it's like, oh, of course, that makes sense. We changed and grew together. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you can, you can also do that in a relationship, but maybe it's just less common because, you know, college is for many people that time where they're like, wow, you know. (laughs) what am i who am i what's who said that what who's who's underneath me what's going on which isn't to say i didn't do that but (laughs) you know like not not the sexual stuff obviously but like you know the the idea of like trying to find who i am as a person and trying to grow and try new things and he is the kind of person who has always been really supportive of all of the choices and changes and decisions I've made. And that's something that I really like value in our relationship is like, I got your back no matter what kind of situation. Like I'll tell you if I think you're wrong or if you're like doing something that I morally object to or something, but like for the most basic of things always has my back on that. I love it. And when you say that he was a rebound, does that mean that the relationship that you had before that, was it something, you know, because rebound can sort of take place Mm -hmm. under a lot of different circumstances. Rebound could be I Mm -hmm. had my heart broken and I was with somebody who hurt me and this is a Mm -hmm. rebound. It could be, you know, another high school marriage type relationship that ends (laughs) and then you quickly rebound and are like, why did I get into another thing? Like, what was the shape of the relationship that led to the rebound? Oh, it was a real, got my heart broken, first boyfriend ever broke up with me via text, which is mm, not ideal. messed up. And yet in, so, in common. <laughs> so, so common. common. So common. Oh, so not ideal. It was rough. And that was one of those things where I was like, all right, I cut my hair short. Like I went for a full pixie Love cut. And it. I was like, I am going to just be the person that I want to be, I'm going to be like all like, cause he, he called me clingy. So I'm going to be super independent and not want anything. And nowadays when I talk to my husband about it, he's like, yeah, you really like just didn't want to let anyone in. And I was trying really hard. And I was like, yeah. I appreciate that you tried really hard. Like I, I felt like I had put up a lot of armor around myself sure. and you still managed to like pierce through it. Like you a, like an arrow it. through the, the chink in my armor. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then, you know, that's, but again, it's like, what a great time to do all that. What a great yeah. time to get that pixie, mm-hmm. you know? And was he part of your high school also, or was he on the outside of that? He was. Okay, so yes. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I didn't date that many people that I went to high school with. And mm-hmm. when I did and it ended, it was just, just date, you know, it, it was more like junior high where, you know, you sort of just get your heart crushed and 
you know, oh, that's so hard. It's I so don't miss the feeling of like, oh, I have to go to school and see this person. Mm-hmm. That's going to suck. Yeah, that was a bad time. What made it worse was we were part of a really intense drama program, oh, God, it's, which... Yeah. Yes. It was one of those things where, like, everyone dates yes. everyone. Yes. Every, anyone yes. who's been in a drop-in program knows. Yes. And so my ex had been a year older than me. I was a junior at the time. He was a senior. And Jake and I were in the same grade. And Jake had joined the program later than most people had. Usually you start freshman year, you audition, you get into the program, and it's it's a whole thing, and you you never leave basically it gets very like weirdly incestuous and really close (laughs) and you're there for like you're basically working a second job on top of going to school when you did that program well yep exactly was this a public high school by the way yes it was but but they had a great magnet program that same yeah okay yeah so you know what it's like yeah and so jake was a like drummer was more in the music side of things and a couple of his friends kind of intersected in that venn diagram and we're like you should come like you're really handy maybe you can help like build the sets and stuff like that like that would be really helpful and so he auditioned and he showed up the first day of junior year i was dating this guy and i just remember like all the girls being like "Ooh, here's the new guy isn't he cute i'm like he's okay i guess fresh blood (laughs) but he had like oh my god he was like such a drummer he had frosted tips the first (gasps) time i met him oh that's so boy band i love it it's like like, but but frosted tips weirdly cross over between like super squeaky clean boy band and then also like skater punk like everybody was a little more skater punk Mm -hmm. he was like kind of he had done metal for a while before i met him he had like super long hair which he then cut got the frosted tips and was doing kind (laughs) of like an alt rock kind of style thing which is really cool yeah adorable i just Mm -hmm. i think yeah frosted tips (laughs) i feel like we need a slightly different word than frosted tips because it's Mm -hmm. so whenever i hear frosted i immediately go to old lady (laughs) like it's so hard (laughs) not to imagine like my aunt in the 70s with frosted mm-hmm. tips you know what oh I mean? no it was very yellow so don't <laughs> so worry like about ble- that we could say bleach was it bleach, bleach tips? tips yeah sure yeah <laughs> i go i go to a different plate no you know now i really want you to keep frosted tips because <laughs> it's a lot more adorable <laughs> um wait hold on i think he actually oh, yeah. just got oh, home yeah. one sec hey jake did you just get home okay everything good do you want to say hi to janet <laughs> i've been hearing a lot we're just talking you. about you yeah, talking about you. You can come say Why are you hi. Talking about me? Well, we're talking about high school sweethearts. Hey, there Jake. He is. How you doing? We just spent an inordinate amount of time talking about your frosted tips in your hair. Oh my when... god! I did it once and never again. <laughs> mm, that's what he says. Yeah, no, I had hair down to like here. Oh, I just mentioned. That. I love yeah. it. I was it was Metallica all the time, like oh. that type of thing. You know I, I mean? heartily approve. I heartily approve. Listen, I had to get a job. I had to. I had to get a car. <laughs> my first car ended up. I, I picked her up. You know. Mm-hmm. That was important. Yeah. I'll, oh, t- see? I'll tell the stories about the car later. Yeah, you'll see. Ooh, I'm cool. excited. <laughs> All right, have fun, guys. Right. Thanks, bye, Jay. Great to meet you. Thank you, Lovey. As he likes to say, he has no accent, as you could tell. I mean, <laughs> well, how do funny. you have no accent and he has that accent and you guys went to school together? His his family was raised in like uh, right at the border of Queens and he had a lot of family from Brooklyn. So I think that they tended to, you know, you, you sound a lot like your parents usually and my parents did not have that accent so much. Yeah. So it there comes out in certain words, but okay. not 
not as much as some people. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, that was <laughs> because that any kind of East Coast accent, including mm-hmm. Boston, all that, like if, if people from Arizona, there's like that sort of it seems like it's less now. But when I was younger, it seemed like people thought people from Arizona had like Western accents or Southern mm-hmm. accents. And no, Probably. like everybody kind of just sounds like a newscaster. And so hearing <laughs> like, uh, you know, upstate or uh, you know, northern, you, northern, northeastern United States accents for me as a younger person was like, see, that's what it's like to be a person. Like, that's a human person having a life, having experiences, having a family, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, it's great. that's what life is. That's what the American dream was. That's they came the off American... the boat and that's... they started talking like exactly. that. Those accents came from other languages, like <laughs> other ling- English, other English and uh, maybe some Italian and some other Irish. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, was, I did not go to New York till a very long time after I was you know, I was like over 20. But I did go to Boston when I was little. And I did love it. I did love it. It felt very special. The Boston accent is uh, a beast unto itself. It I'll really say that is. much. <laughs> it really is. It's a favorite. It's definitely a favorite. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you've got your incestuous drama department mm-hmm. that uh, checks a lot of boxes for me. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you kind of went through the heartbreak and the mm-hmm. sort of transformation, was there any kind of a sense of like, who do I think I'm fooling? All of these people have already like you didn't get to start over necessarily somewhere. You just kind of had to come in and be like, well, I hope everyone accepts that this means something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like yeah. when I was in high school, I was always like whenever I made a bold choice, there was some part of me in the back of my head that was like, people are just going to feel like I'm an imposter of some kind or like I'm, you know, which is such bullshit. I mean, I was an extremely anxious person. I'll tell a fun story about anxiety please, later. But my sister, please. I think the physical transformation of like cutting my hair really short, and it was like wasn't like Natalie Portman V for Vendetta short, but that was like the equivalent that I was trying to get to. I was like, like yeah. you know, a year after she did that, and like yes. she was showing up with all those pixie cuts. That Absolutely. was kind of the vibe I was going for at the time. Yeah, and. I think that because I felt so physically different and everyone's comments about that were like, oh, you look like older. You look like more mature. You look like blah, 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 blah. I felt a little more confident. And I I think, I mean, that's a that's a big change to make in high school. Yes. And luckily, my mom was like, if you want to do it, sure, I guess I'll take you to a like nice salon. So you get it done right. Not just like go to a barber around the corner from us. Uh (laughs) There always was that imposter syndrome. But I think that there was a certain level to like, I look different so I can feel different and if I try hard enough maybe I can be the person that I want to be which is not that person who just got broken up with totally 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 I think you just like you very succinctly put put it in a way that anybody who's ever done that including me can totally understand and are like I'm like yes that's yes exactly right it's Mm -hmm. the sort of fake it till you make it kind of a feeling and it's it turns out to not be that hard to make it Once you've taken those kinds of steps. I totally agree. Okay, tell me your anxiety story. So in high school, I was, as you can imagine, a big nerd. 
Uh big nerd my personal flavor was i was a little bit of a weeb i liked anime and stuff like that but one of the biggest things for me besides musical theater was i freaking loved comic books i loved comic books comic books were absolutely my jam and i was a huge fan of the x-men i also just like liked fantasy genre stuff in general so i remember like around 13 14 i really liked the show charmed because they were doing reruns on like tmt every weekend or something like that and so i convinced myself that i had superpowers oh girl yeah because i was like you know randomly i'll feel like something terrible is about to happen what could this possibly be (laughs) it has to be a superpower maybe i'm having premonitions like because i feel like there's something bad going to happen it must mean something actually is going to happen that's bad and this is just my magical powers or my superpower telling me hey girl get ready yeah and it took me about three years i I probably realized that it wasn't a superpower like within a couple of months but then you know when I turned like 17 and I started going to therapy, then I was like, oh, that was anxiety. Okay. (laughs) It's hard. Mm. It's hard because you also, you know, when I feel like there have been these every few years, there's this sort of movement uh, coming from somewhere with great intentions. But I always feel like there's like a cycle of a few years where you hear this kind of thing bubbles up again, where it's like, ladies, you need to trust your gut. Okay, trust your gut. Have a relationship with your gut. Listen to mm-hmm. your instinct. Don't lose that sixth sense. That's going to keep you safe. Don't da da da. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's ever had anxiety, that is such a mind fuck because mm-hmm. you already have learned that your brain will tell you stories that aren't true. Mm-hmm. So not being able to tell the difference between like, wait, do I have a weird feeling because I'm anxious or do I have a weird feeling because this is something real? And mm-hmm. like, how much power do I give this feeling? I don't know. Do you, do you yeah. have you experienced that at all? No, 100%. And I think that like me waiting in line in the cafeteria being like something bad is about to happen. Probably is not like an actual like yeah, I should have listened to my gut and maybe right. I wouldn't have like tripped and fallen and spilled my right. tray all over the place or something right. like that. I think that when you are like I don't know, like in a crowd and that feeling happens or if like you're in a situation that feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. that's you're walking a different... by yourself somewhere exactly. and you suddenly feel like you're not safe yeah that's a different story that's yeah. a like okay i'm gonna listen to my gut i'm gonna like check my surroundings make sure i'm yeah. good you know open up my phone to like have yeah. someone on call if i need to yes that makes a lot of sense but like but if you're sitting on a plane that's about to get off there's a perfectly good reason for you to feel anxious but that's a hard crossover where you're you know you can have that moment of like wait no wait i know something yeah no you don't do the final destination <laughs> everyone here, listen you yeah <laughs> totally. you're not you're like everyone has to get off this plane right now sort yeah. of situation well and you you started this conversation by talking about or this part of the conversation by talking about loving x-men and stuff and mm. that's one of the most wonderful things about those worlds and about something like x-men in particular which is how do we sort of reverse engineer things that we have that maybe we don't always want like anxiety And how do they, you know, how do they, how can they be a benefit, but also how can we continue to see the world, see us as different? And that's genius to me. You know, that's, X-Men for me is very hard to beat in terms of like comic world because it's it's the perfect formula of, hey, isn't this amazing? You have these amazing powers, but also 
don't worry, the world definitely wants to judge you, and it's mm-hmm. not all it's cut out to be. And you're a very complicated human being. You're not, right. you know, Superman or like. And someone is going to hate you for existing regardless of what you do with these powers, whether Absolutely. they're for good or evil or just like existing, you know? Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Kell. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. How did you come to find comic books and stuff because in some worlds it's harder for you know you just like as a especially as a girl sometimes mm-hmm. no one's there to say for that first time to say hey psst, I'm going to the comic store want to come you know what I mean yeah I had a lot of guy friends growing up and mostly being like a tomboy which I realize now is like wow that was some gender expression that no one allowed you to really explore too much um but yeah I had a guy friend he would read the Spider-Man comics and I was like okay like eh, Spider-Man's kind of cool I guess he's like fine I don't know and I think I was a kid around the time that the X-Men movies were coming out Mm -hmm. And I had a big crush on Hugh Jackman. Was a big fan of that. And I remember going... Great casting. So good. So great with that casting, you know? Yeah. And I was also a kid when the X-Men Evolutions uh, TV show was coming out where they're all like teens in high school, which is, you know, perfectly my jam. And I remember going to the library and I was kind of like browsing the... Again, I was like kind of an anime kid and I was like, I liked that kind of like reading the mangas and whatnot. And I stumbled across like a bunch of the graphic novels, like the trades and stuff like that. And I think I picked up... Who was it? days of future past maybe Mm. first or might have been the dark phoenix saga one of those and i was like oh okay like this is really really cool and ended up getting like a subscription to i don't even know how i found it i used to get them delivered to my house rather than going to the comic book store because again the comic book store as as you said for like girls was not a place that you really felt welcome a lot of times Uh so (laughs) so i used to get them shipped to my house i remember one of the first comics i did was the or one of the first comics I started getting was the rebirth of Psylocke. Like she, in classic comic book fashion, had been killed off, had just been yeah. revived. And I was like, oh, she's so cool. She's got a like sci- a psionic sword and it's really, really awesome. And I just like for years really like kind of dug into that kind of stuff and was reading a lot of the X Academy stuff before the decimation i'm throwing a lot of names out here if you don't know x-men stuff it's probably not very interesting but i would say i know 65 percent of what you're talking about excellent as you were saying that i was also thinking and i don't think i've ever had this thought before but i really was thinking like it's interesting that in our american pop culture that 
the two things that sort of are similar in that way are soap operas and comic books. Like the yeah. idea that superhero stories and soap operas are tasked with like, well, we have to keep this world going. This is important. Mm-hmm. It's imminently doable. How bonkers are we going to get? And at least with comics, like you have this paranormal on your side. <laughs> That's Whereas true. When someone gets killed off at a soap opera, sometimes it's a bit more of a heavy lift to bring that person back from the <laughs> sometimes, dead. Sometimes, sometimes. I'll yeah. throw in a third one in, to make a trifecta there. Pro wrestling. Oh, also very much in there. That's very true. God, the yeah, the lore around pro wrestling is is sort of extraordinary too. Yeah, and unafraid of like doing supernatural stuff a lot of times as well. Like they will just be like, "There's this man. He might be dead. He's controlled by this other man whose name is Paul Bearer, and if he carries around, (laughs) he carries around this jar that holds his soul. You know, it's fine. It's all good. So satisfying." (laughs) Did you have an affinity for comics and graphic novels to the degree that you thought, you know, maybe I could draw? Like, am I am I also a comic artist? Like, oh, I certainly tried, Janet, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. I really like convinced myself, like, maybe if I keep trying, I'll be really good at this. And it never really manifested. I never really like took classes and stuff like that. Again, Same, yeah. drama kind of consumed my entire life, so no time for art classes. Um, but I can draw eyes really good and I remember having several teachers in high school who were like okay I see you're taking notes but there's also just a bunch of like faceless bodies in the margins of your notes are you doing okay I'm like well first off uh you and I both don't know this yet but I have ADHD and this is the only way I can focus yeah um and also I'm practicing I need to learn anatomy and they're like do that in a class that isn't math, girl. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to really process how long it took me to understand that there truly was like actual techniques and almost, yes, math when it mm-hmm. came to really drawing, especially people and people's faces and expressions and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like it really only truly kicked in and became clear to me like when Instagram began Mm -hmm. And you would see people doing like sped up drawing where you'd be like, oh, wait, so you actually draw the sections of the face like you pencil in the sort of symmetry of it all. Mm -hmm. And there are these steps that you take. And I just whenever I imagine anyone drawing anything, I just imagine them being like, the apocalypse. Amazing. Look at all the superheroes (laughs) like da da. And so it was kind of a wake up call. But it was also was mixed because I was like, oh, I guess. There, you know, you can learn technique and you do have to be dedicated to it. And some people maybe, yeah, they don't need to do that. But but also a sense of like, oh, I thought it was magic. Oh, that would <laughs> have been nice. It was, it was like 50-50 of, you know, yeah. maybe I could have. But, um, wh- okay, so you were great at drawing eyes. Yes, that's a big that's deal. About it. I, but about I would it. say eyes, pretty important. Mm-hmm. Pretty important. That's the, well, Those can be the dead giveaways to a bad drawing. They're very good until you start to put in anything that isn't eyebrows. So noses and mouths. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, none of that is proportional <laughs> at all. I still attempt it every now and again. I'm like, oh, well, that eye is way too small for the rest uh-huh. of the face that I drew. That's not good. That that's your like style. That. Julia, mm, don't you understand? Tiny eyes. You take the mistake and turn it into that's just my style. Mm-hmm. We've all that's seen it. so much like chibi stuff. Everyone has mm-hmm. huge eyes. You're the small eyes person. That might be it. Huge Janet, face. You're on to something. Huge everything else. Huge <laughs> nose. Huge mouth. Tiny, tiny eyes. 
I'm going to quit podcasting and just uh, really embrace my art form, which is tiny eyes. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think you should. In the drama department, it sounds like it was well-rounded enough that it, did you feel like you were getting the full scope? Was it like, yes, I know how to build the set. Yes, I'm being tasked with doing lighting for this particular job. Or was it like, I always act Someone else always does the this. Someone else does the cut, you know. So the way that the program was sort of organized was basically you spent your freshman year figuring out what you wanted to specialize in. And even if you were someone who was like just there to act, you were still required to join a crew of some kind whether that was lighting, like a theater sound. major almost exactly. like you had a theater major yeah exactly so you would like focus in on doing tech you would do props you would do paint you would do etc 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 costumes stuff like that so there was probably like seven different crews i would say that were part of the program you were required to do i want to say like 40 hours a month of some sort of technical stuff outside of just like the acting or the performing and stuff like that that's great and yeah god that's a lot of work it's a lot of work we were there many late nights uh you can see why it probably got very incestuous and why people only dated within the program absolutely because you had no time for anything else absolutely and it also creates that kind of summer camp feeling where it's you guys against the world or you know i i mean that's it's and 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 it's high emotions like even i mean you're high emotions because you're a teenager anyway and then you have (laughs) you're putting all this time in together and then you're making art Mm -hmm. you know I totally get it. I mean, would you would you take like would you change any of it knowing now that it was like very intense and, you know, but like, or do you feel like I'm glad I I'm glad I got that? Or do you feel like you could have done? No, I I'm grateful that that was the thing I decided to devote my time to, you know, like I could have done some sports. I wasn't like super sporty, but I, I did like freshman year lacrosse, I think, and stuff like that. And I could have done art or choir. I did the choir, but that wasn't like an after-school program. That was just like mm-hmm. a class that you could take. Got but it. no, I think that that was the thing that I wanted to do. Like, I feel like I needed something to devote my time to. Mm-hmm. And so having this kind of very intense program was actually really good for someone like me who my mind tends to wander as as one does with the, the form of ADHD that I have and yep. so being able to be like these are the tasks that I have for myself let's get it done was probably the only thing that kept me like really doing well in high school as opposed yeah. to just kind of petering out which you know happened from time to time but wasn't like a total like I didn't completely burn myself out so that was something no I totally get that and I would say you know I was sort of at my worst in terms of both kind of anxiety and attention deficit stuff happening side by side hand in hand um in my like freshman and sophomore year of college and looking back I wish I wish I had taken the cues that my brain gave me that mm-hmm. the stuff I was doing that was very tactile and hands-on was so therapeutic for me. Yeah. Because the burnout happened because I was, you know, just taking too many classes and like had too many tests and papers to all at once mm-hmm. and you know, I but but the places where my mind sort of slowed down and I got hyper-focused tended to be more the like the makeup class or the costume mm-hmm. class or you know what I mean or the yeah. photography class um where where my body needed like a task that was keep your hands busy keep your hands busy so mm-hmm. much so I wish that I would have you know again it's not like a regret but it's like oh 
That that's why I was now. at my. That's why I felt more sane that semester, <laughs> other than and not the other three semesters. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really something. For me, it was kind of losing that structure, which is what caused my burnout, much like you, the, my freshman and sophomore year of college. Also, looking back now, I was extremely depressed towards my later half of my college career. So that explained a lot of how I kind of don't remember a lot of college and also like just didn't make a ton of friends in college either. So I think that like realizing now how important that program was because it kept me busy and it kept me it kept for lack of a better phrase my brain and my hands busy you know so yes I was able to thrive because I always had something to do yeah that was that was wonderful yeah absolutely was it were you so busy that you didn't have time to sort of have like be online and do do, like doing fanfic or like message boards or stuff like that I I (laughs) I had a feeling I was there don't worry about that I (laughs) I was I was a big Neopets role player okay loved the role play boards (laughs) was a big fan of that uh I didn't write as much fanfic mostly because again my brain worked better in short spurts rather than let me finish this big project so having like the serotonin burst of like seeing a reply and getting to reply back and like having it be really quick and like kind of an interactive experience yeah was much better for me than a oh this let me slog through this fan fiction to get to the part that I actually want to write you know yeah. Yes, that makes sense. But as you were saying that, I was thinking about how, I mean, first of all, I was, I was listening to you. But, no, uh, no, but okay. second of all, no, I think it just, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of triggered that, you know, like, oh, God, you know, in a perfect, in a perfect design, you see how social media does fulfill that same kind of like, it's a sprint, not a marathon. And yeah. what's good and bad about mm-hmm. something like that. Um and then I would also say, like, <laughs> when I think about the sports I was good at as a kid, mm-hmm. um, they were all so short term. And yep. <laughs> like, yep. I can't believe that it's that literal. It's literally that I was like the best at the 50 yard dash and could not run a mile, just would not do it. Was like, I'm, I need to move on from this. 100%. This is awful. I, I don't it. like endurance. This is really bad. Like, mm-hmm. oh, did you have to be that spot on the, you know, like two on the nose with your attention, both <laughs> physically and mentally? Come on. Come on, how about one surprise? I don't mean to read us both to filth here. That's on me. I'm sorry. It's it's, No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, um, And did you, was that something that your parents were aware of and were fine with? Like, were they cool with you also spending a lot of time online? Um, my parents, you know how they would control that and not control like in a bad way, but like, you know, the ADHD hyper focus all of a sudden, yes. like if no one's careful, it's 2 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm oh, still yes. doing stuff online. Yes. They had this little thing. The brand was called Belkin. And it was basically like a you would plug it into the USB and it would give oh, your yeah. computer yes. internet access. Yes. So I couldn't get yes. on unless they gave me this little like key to the internet, basically, which yep. sounds so 90s when I say it out loud. I think even but... the as soon as you said the word Belkin, that's mm-hmm. what it reminded me of because they're also like OG like cell phone satellite stuff too. Yes. They're sort of, yeah, that early technology like dongles things, mm-hmm. yep. things that fit into things. And okay, so they would have to give you the key to the kingdom. That's amazing. Yep. Did you feel, was there a feeling of like, 
this time is ve- this is very precious like this is this is very yeah, precious. oh yeah There's, yeah i was yeah. like oh i get my i get my internet time i can go on the neopets boards and see what's going on uh-huh. and <laughs> tell <laughs> roughly, a roughly, story roughly. with other people <laughs> amazing okay and then uh, before i get into the smash game were you listening to certain types of music was was music important to me i know you, i know you liked musicals for some friends of mine that's what they listened to it wasn't so much that they were like deep into ani defranco or you know i'll be honest it was mostly musical theater uh-huh. at that point in my life truly yeah. Were you going into the city and seeing stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 100%. My parents were actually very, that's what got me into like theater in general was my parents nice. would take me to go see Broadway shows. I remember my first Broadway show ever was The Music Man when it was on in like, God, either the early 2000s or the late 90s. I'm not entirely sure. And I remember the like mom of the kid who was playing, I can't remember the character's name, but the younger brother to Marion, uh-huh. the one who has the lisp, oh, was yeah. like sitting next to us. And my mom like got into a conversation with her and she's like, how did your child get onto Broadway? And she's like, oh, well, you know, he just, uh, I couldn't tell you Amazing. what the conversation was yeah. now, but it was just like, I I am also a child who could potentially be on Broadway if For I had sure. talent. For sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love that you that that the first one you saw. Well, I guess it makes sense that your parents would think this is a great musical to take our kids to because yeah. it's you know it's very accessible. But mm-hmm. I maintain it's pretty. I still think it's a kind of ahead of its time. I don't know. Oh the, yeah. You know, it's like I think what I what blew my mind was even just the sort of. I mean, this is <laughs> I don't want to call it like hip hop. Mm-hmm. But the sort of rhythm of like the train and being voices and mm-hmm. like songs that blend together that feel that felt really special to me. And I, I still to this day don't know if it's because I didn't see that many other musicals when I was a kid mm-hmm. or if it really was one of the early first ones to do stuff like that. But it felt very unique in that everything wasn't just like straight ahead. This song, then this yeah. song, then this song. Like I thought they it's so cool. That's the best part about that musical is the opening number is meeting the beat of the engine of the train as they go and it's all that patter and i i still to this day i love patter songs like yes i'm getting my husband into more musicals because as despite being a drama kid he didn't really like like a lot of musicals he was very sad when phantom ended very recently and we just went to go see josh groban in sweeney todd on broadway and so i was getting him into kind of the sondheim patter and now he's like super into it and so i was just like and it was funny because i hadn't listened to that album in years i would say like a really really long time and he put it on and i'm just like i know every single lyric to this (laughs) show every like it like unlocked like a (laughs) unlocked a like secret door in my brain and I was like <laughs> yep yep I remember yeah. every single line of worst pies in London that's an intense experience because there are certain experiences like that where you know going in that you know everything and then there are ones where it's all uncurling it's like unfurling mm-hmm. as the song's going and you keep almost waiting to not know something and mm-hmm. you are amazed to find at the end of the song like I knew every lyric Brings I did not I did not know that, that I remembered every lyric it was all there it all showed up for me oh my gosh yeah 100% sometimes I just unlock a show that I haven't listened to probably since high school or at least like college and I'm like yeah oh no I still know every <laughs> lyric how is that possible <laughs> it's in there you got the encyclopedia <laughs> oh oh it's time for a quick break I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry, you're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. 
they want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? (laughs) There is a right way to do this. And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This feels like a no-brainer. I think we should start our MASH game with three musicals that you can perform in. You're going to be fantastic. I don't want you to focus too much on like age or gender in terms of mm-hmm. this type of role. Everything's on the table. Three musicals and roles. And if you don't know what role, but you just know you want to be in a musical, that's fine too. Just because it's been on top of my brain, Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd, 100%. Right. I feel like I would absolutely crush that one. Yes. Let me think. I was just re-listening to something. I was like, you know who I would love to play? I would love to play the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I think I would absolutely choice. crush that. It would be that so much fun. That is a great choice. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. And then, ooh, third one. I think, like, I was not a Les Mis kid. I, got, I came to Les Mis later in life, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, Jake and I have been teaching ourselves how to do the confrontation where he plays oh, Javert and I pay, play yeah. Jean Valjean. And I think just for that song, I would want to yeah. play Jean Valjean. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay. There's so okay. many other like Sondheim ones that I'm like, what are you forgetting? You're forgetting so much. Of course, Go back. of course. Go back. What 11 deer back there in your brain that you're gonna, <laughs> they're going to bubble up again? Next one, I'm staying in theater for the moment. Mm-hmm. Alternate universe careers. I'm not saying that you have to do it forever, but just you really get to like try this on and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to see you doing something what would you want to do that isn't acting? So like what department would you want to work? And it doesn't have to just be on stage. This could be, you know, set design it could be designing the titles for a film you know the the opening titles which are always such a great opportunity for something cool non-performative three things you would like to do within kind of the entertainment business if you will I desperately and this is like a real thing like if I have the time and energy and resources to do this I want to be a haunted house designer oh my god love love that's a company that I want to start with my husband some point down the line because he used to do those all the time as a kid he would just like in his front yard put yes. together these haunted houses he still does this to this day we just bought a house last year we had our first halloween here and he every year dresses up as michael myers and just stands in the front yard <laughs> and like at like a statue and sees what yeah. kids are gonna come by and then we'll like start following them down the street like very slowly until they all like scream and run away Right. It's one of my favorite things i completely understand well that's also like really early in-person world building for many of us as kids Mm -hmm. like this sort of transformation of a place and feeling like suddenly a place that you've been before has been completely undone and is now shadow land like it's like the upside down that kind of thing which is why the upside down is so effective I think Mm -hmm. you know just that feeling so I totally get it and I'm very excited for this I'm gonna be sad if you don't get it that said I do need two more uh, the other one I would say is I love practical effects in horror movies, like the John Carpenter yes. kind of stuff, anything yes. with Guillermo del Toro, that sort of thing. So designing that stuff would be oh, a dream come true. Could sure. not support that more. I feel exactly <laughs> the same. Exactly the same. Okay. And then this one's kind of cheating, but not really. But I would love to do sound design for kind of like sci-fi movies in general which is something that i toy with in like fiction podcasting and stuff like that but i'd love to do it for like a full big scale movie like a star wars movie or something like that fair sound design Mm -hmm. 
sci-fi fantastic okay great boy i gotta rip off this band-aid because i just met jake and, and I, I yes i hate going to the romance but let's do it romance alternate universe characters fiction anime whatever you want oh you're uh, gonna kill three me. romance not forever if you don't want it to be oh my god now i'm like forgetting every piece of fiction i've thought about <laughs> for how, like that's mash for you so so long um <sighs> Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels, because that's something that we're watching right now. Right. It's very good. Let's go back to my my X-Men days and stuff like that. I was a big fan of Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan, back in the day. Like, I had a big crush on him. Hugh Jackman playing him? Yes, Could not agree more. Could not agree more. And then... I've been rewatching the show Food Wars lately. I don't know if you know that one. It's an anime. It's horny as hell. It's about <laughs> it's horny, but it's also a wonderful cooking show. It's like one of those ones where it's like teenager goes to competitive high school, but it's a cooking high school. Yeah. Like a culinary high school. And they do all these like culinary battles and stuff like that. And I've like recreated a bunch of the dishes and they're very, very good occasionally. Sometimes they're really bad, but you know. <laughs> I try my best. But there's a character in there who is like kind of introduces an antagonist he's very like pompous graduated chef he owns a restaurant in paris he's like the first uh, japanese man to ever get a three stars in france or something like that right. i don't remember how they frame it they can't yeah. use it like michelin stars a thing yeah. so they have to just like make stuff up uh-huh. but his name is uh kojiro shinomiya he's got like pink hair and glasses and i'm just like all about this oh. i'm like oh you smug yeah. bastard kiss me so yes, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, wonderful. Let's do three movies that you can jump into whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. You're just in those worlds uh, whenever you feel like it. This is going to be a weird one, but I would love to live on Amity Island from Jaws minus the killer sharks. Great. They could be really fun. Would be having a blast there. For some reason, I jumped to books, and that's not uh, that's not what you're asking me. Um, I I mean, now now I will ask you about books as one category because I'm dying to hear what you say. I would love to live in Star Wars world when you know on a planet where the war parts are not really happening. Yes, could be kind of fun. Yes, and you know what? I'll be cliche because we've talked about it a million times. I'd love to live in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or particularly Absolutely. like the world where the X Men exist. I would have loved to have Great. gone to you know, the Xavier School for Gifted Youths and, you know, it would have been nice. Yes. Okay, three foods that in this reality maybe are, you're allergic to them or you can't eat a bunch of it because we all know that too too much sugar makes us sick or you're vegan because you ecologically feel like it's not responsible. In this Mm -hmm. alternate universe, no one's getting harmed. The earth is fine. You are fine. You can have these three things at the snap of your fingers. It's not the only thing you're eating, but you can always have these no matter what. Oh, that is so good. I feel like pork belly would be one of those things where it's like, I can't eat a lot of it because the fattiness tends to upset my stomach. But if I could eat it all the time, I probably would. Great. Same with sushi, where it's like, if I eat a ton of it, I get a little bit of heartburn just from like the soy sauce and stuff like that. But I would, if I could like eat unlimited sushi, I probably would. Like that would be fine with me. And then I have one of those like weird child comfort foods that is like something that if I see it on sale, I will buy about a dozen cans of it. And that is Progresso macaroni and bean soup. Oh my God. I'm so (laughs) excited for you. No other brand. Just that. I love it. That's a very specific combination. Mm -hmm. It tastes like my childhood. They recently changed the recipe and I'm like, 
having a difficult time oh, God, about of it. Of course. Yes. Like it, and it happened during the pandemic, Janet, where when I oh, needed it the no. most, when I needed no. that comfort. That's and I very remember, uncanny valley, right? I when you know, when right? the thing doesn't taste like the thing and you're mm-hmm. like, what's happened? Is the rest of the world slightly off too? Yeah. <laughs> what else? I remember opening a can and being like, why is it so thick? Uh, what oh, happened here? Did no. I get a bad can? And then yeah. I noticed that the noodles were a little different. Oh, I was like, oh, no. Noodles. Oh, no. We all lost things during the pandemic, Julia. We all did. We all did. That can of soup. I, can uh, of soup. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Okay, well, let's go to books. <laughs> let's jump into books. Three books yes. that you can jump into. Oh, okay. So there is a fantastic book series that, again, I picked up as a kid in a now defunct bookstore that was called Books by the Bay. Uh, R.I.P. Books by the Bay. Mm. used to have two cats that would sit in the window. It was great. And this was the Bloody Jack books. So it's about a girl who is orphaned in like late 1700s London. And she pretends to be a boy and gets onto a naval ship and like has to pretend to be a boy and get through all this deception while also trying to become a better sailor and stuff like that. And there's like 12 books and it is a delight. While my husband and I were house hunting last year, I got all the audio books and we would listen to them while we drove to different houses and stuff like that. And it was so much fun. We got through like three books before we found a house. Yeah, (laughs) extremely satisfying. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. The Bloody Jack books. Uh, Yes. Give me two more. Oh, uh, the Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers, which is like this cozy sci-fi series that is my absolute favorite sci-fi series of all time. Okay. I legit cry every time I read the books. They're wonderful. Love that. Okay. Keeping in sci-fi, I'm a huge fan of the Murderbot Diaries, which is about like a android, I guess is the correct phrase, but it's like, you know, there's some non-mechanical components there but it is a android who is supposed to be like a security unit but instead like all they want to do is watch real trash tv rather than save all these silly humans who keep getting themselves into trouble perfect (laughs) perfect okay three places in the world that you would love to have a second home if we could just sort of teleport you there oh that's a great question i feel like i would love a house like and this is just like general vibe rather than actual location but i'd love like a house in the mountains by like a nice lake or something like that i love hiking it's one of my favorite things to do and i also like got really into foraging during Mm. the pandemic because you know what you could do you could go outside during the pandemic Uh like (laughs) not near other people like just in the woods and so i got super into like mushrooms and stuff like that so just like house in woods where i could potentially find fun edible mushrooms that's where it would be i'm putting foraging woods wonderful another place i would love to have like a little house is i'd love so i live on long island and there is a great beach area that is Fire Island. If mm-hmm. you are, if you're a gay, uh-huh. you probably have heard of Fire Island before. I would love yeah. a house over there, like just on the beachfront. It'll be gone in 20 years, obviously, you know, because oh, everything yeah. is going to go underwater, but uh, that'd be nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Fire Island. <laughs> don't think about Got it too it. much. Don't think don't about, think it, too about much. it too much. Save it, change it, but don't think mm-hmm. about it too much. <laughs> uh, in a similar vein, one of my 
favorite trips of all time is instead of doing a sweet 16, my folks took me on a Mediterranean cruise and I fell in love with the Greek islands, like oh, absolutely great. in love with it. There is a amazing island, which is relevant to both Greek mythology and the fact that it's beautiful. But the island of Delos is supposed to be oh. where the twins Apollo and Artemis were born. And they have this absolutely beautiful archaeological site there that I would <gasps> love to wake up every morning and just like get to walk around the ruins and stuff oh, like that. Oh, I love it. Oh my God. Great choices. Great, 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 great <laughs> choices. Okay. Last category. I'm going to have to go with In Honor of Spirits, Your mm-hmm. wonder- that particular wonderful podcast. You get to choose three things that are considered paranormal that you discover indeed are real oh boy and so it could be one specific thing that you're like oh i wish that had really happened or it could Mm -hmm. literally be vampires like whatever yeah (laughs) yes i'm just like so many of these would be so bad if they were real but also very exciting like i think it would be nice if bigfoot was real like i genuinely feel like it would make a lot of people happy but also wouldn't be like and now we're all going to die because bigfoot is real (laughs) bigfoot's gonna kill us all (laughs) it's a good shy creature choice yeah we just know that he's real now he's like just chilling in the woods and we're like oh we got pictures of bigfoot now we know he's real sweet it's a great first choice and people aren't allowed to go and ruin his life either it's like we're still at the same stasis where we just know we just know we just yes. know. Love it. That's fine. Right. I truly believe that aliens exist, but I would love actual proof that they have come to Earth and like interacted with human beings and stuff like that. Like that Beautiful. would be nice. Yes. Uh, again, with the idea that like it doesn't also turn into a war of the world situation. We yes. all die because of it. So peaceful. Very, very peaceful. And then what mythological creature would I be like happy existed, which again would not kill me <laughs> if it existed. Um you know what? I would love if Mothman was real. I love Mothman. I think he's got a great butt. And I know some people are nervous that he brings misfortune with him. But I think he's just a fluffy little guy that likes lights. And yeah. I, I want that And it for can't him. be easy being someone that people think is like a bad omen. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lonely world. So you know? that's that's great. I love this. I love this. Okay. All and my the- self-doubt feels like Mothman bringing Mothman. bad vibes Mothman. to people. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm not trying to. I just wanted to say, hey. You guys, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ruined your birthday party by coming. I'm sorry, look at my good butt, though. (laughs) Poor Mothman. Please look at my butt. Okay, give me a word that you would say helps describe how you feel about taking you back to the idea of one of these things being real. What's a a word that you would use to help describe the feeling of, like, finding out that Bigfoot is real? Relief. It's like, oh, yeah. All right. We finally know. Great. That's such a relief. Yes. Agreed. Okay, I'm going to do the very fancy, fancy MASH math and come back with your 100% guaranteed alternate universe MASH future. But right now is also a wonderful time for you to vamp. I would love for you to tell people where to find you what they should be listening to, sure. anything else you would like people to know about. My name is Julia Shafini. I <laughs> do a couple of different podcasts with the Multitude Collective, which is an independent collective of podcasts all about shows that you probably love, which is, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, mythology, space, game shows, all of that sort of thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful collective of wonderful shows. I do shows like Spirits, which is a mythology, folklore, and urban legends podcast told over cocktails with a queer feminist lens. And 
And I also am a player on Join the Party, which is an actual play podcast about immersive worlds and making your co-players laugh. And we are currently in the middle of a campaign that is set in a world where we are playing bug and plant pirates and it is truly a wonderful and delightful experience oh that's great okay well that's some good homework guys and don't think of it as homework because these are all things that you're going to fall in love with if you don't already know them which you probably do Uh uh-huh okay all right i'm so close this is this is really i'm feeling good about this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh if you want i can i can tell you a fun spirits related high school story you can Mm -hmm. i will say i did just finish okay that's fine I'll save it for after. Okay, save it. Yeah, save because I do want to hear it. Boy, there's just a lot of great stuff happening here. <laughs> so I want to congratulate you on your performances, Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. Just Thank you. fantastic. So much fun. Uh, you always have the energy to do every show. There's just <laughs> always a joy. There's just no downside to it. So great job on that. Thank you. I love also your turn kind of behind the scenes as a sound designer for sci-fi films and television. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. You have this firsthand experience with aliens because they're mm-hmm. real in a peaceful yeah. type way. So uh-huh. this is just going to inform. It's educating and informing you as you work on all of this sound design. It's like, well, I know what actual alien spacecrafts sound like. So let me go ahead and help you out with that. You know, when we discovered that the aliens were real, they really wanted to revamp all of the Star Wars movies because now we know what aliens sound yes. like. And so I was yes. able to help with that. You're there. You're there <laughs> for the task. You're there. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, I want to congratulate you on your ability to hop into the Star Wars universe and hang out on one of the planets that's not getting blown up by the Death Star or otherwise. Hell yeah. You can just enjoy a peaceful time there with a lot of beloved characters and maybe even people we haven't even met yet because it's a be vast nice. expanse of space. You <laughs> also have the ability to jump into the Murderbot Diaries. <laughs> so <laughs> Really keep time. it sci-fi here. I love it. <laughs> enjoy your time there. Now, this is a little confusing. You do have an apartment Mm-hmm. But the apartment is also in the middle of the forest Great. where you can forage. It's kind of like the Keebler elf tree. I'm going to assume that it's like a treehouse type apartment. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah, Ewok yeah. villagey. Could be like tiny home style kind of absolutely, thing. Sure, sure. Absolutely. But you do have the ability to just, you know, you can just be there, just be immersed in that peaceful place where you're also doing some hardcore foraging. Mm-hmm. And you are also, and this is like, speaking, you know, foraging aside, you can also have <laughs> unlimited sushi. Just unlimited sushi wherever you are well, I can't whenever forage that, you are so that works great <laughs> you know maybe you're foraging for sushi and it's just turning up i don't know but you can have it forever zero heartburn and you are sharing yeah dig you're through the ground find a yellowtail tuna <laughs> like, oh, somehow it's immaculately clean or you mm-hmm. have to do a dabble like the mm-hmm. raccoons do and then you were doing all of this and i do feel that this is a very good partner for all of this um mm-hmm. for any number of reasons i don't even need to tell you what they are when you find out that it is wolverine <laughs> <laughs> that's right you got logan Oh, bless. I love that. Um, let me, t- hairy, let hairy me tell man. you about someone who, and it may hurt each time, but that guy could forage like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need him to snip snip off some herbs for you. You need him to dig in the ground for some mushrooms. I'm sure there are better things he could be doing with his superpowers and his mm-hmm. fabulous bones and knives. Yep. <laughs> but that's also an option once he's just kicking back and chilling in the, in the forest. Listen, I don't want to be in charge of having to like catch deer and get venison so he can take care that's fine take care of that that's like second nature to him it's fine and so that is your mash future not a too bad thank you i'm happy with that i mean for crying out loud i really like that it was very sci-fi and then we got very rustic towards i know know, got super cabin got super cabin porn at the end (laughs) 
I'm into it. That's my retirement day. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that's absolutely it. You cash in your nest egg and it's all forage all the time. Yeah. Do you want to close out with your teenage slash spirit story? Yes. So one of the recurring characters that we've talked about on spirits is something called the, in my mind, I call him the man with the trench coat and the hat with the dog. Mm-hmm. And so you might have actually seen something about this on the internet where people talk about say. the hat man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had personal experience with this. Okay, okay. So this was after Jake and I had started dating Mm -hmm. in high school. So I would say it was probably our senior year. And Mm -hmm. we were having a late tech night. It was probably like some sort of hell week, you know, right before a performance sort of thing. Sure. And we're horny teenagers. You know how it is being a teen. Mm -hmm. And so we decide to take Jake's car somewhere and just like park and have some young adult fun i guess (laughs) is the way to do it well said and so we it is pitch black it's a little foggy that night Mm -hmm. and i remember like sitting up for something and then looking out the front of the car window from the back seat okay and seeing right underneath a street light oh no just a man Uh like the like an outline shadow of a man In a like long coat, like a trench coat, wearing like a bowler hat, which seemed wildly inappropriate for the just vibe of my general small suburban Long Island town with a big dog next to him, like like solidly went up sitting down to his waist high, you know, and I just was like. could not break eye contact with this person and was just like hitting jake i was like we have to leave we have to leave right now we have to leave right now he's like why i was like this man is staring at us and we have to go right now and so he like ambles into the front seat i end up in his shirt somehow and (laughs) we just like i'm like still staring at this guy and jake like pulls the car up makes a u-turn and leaves and i'm just like i like looked like fully turned around in my seat to look and see this man again completely gone and the whole rest of the time that you were looking at him he was unmoving he was just Just standing there creepily with his dog Mm -hmm. the dog didn't move either oh hat man that's extremely creepy hat man do not like not would not recommend but now on spirits we've had several listeners write in to tell us that they've had similar experiences of this guy either in dreams yeah or like seeing him and then not okay. seeing him and all this kind of stuff so uh, that was probably my one of my first paranormal experiences so. i both don't and do envy you it's that wonderful <laughs> mix when you talk about the paranormal that's like damn it but also, yeah. Yes. Um, oh, As we talked about, it would change your whole world view if you like view. know that ghosts exist, you know? <sighs> okay, friends, I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I want to keep, <laughs> I want to encourage all of you to steer clear of Hatman. Yeah. Sorry, Hatman. Hatman, if you're listening to this, no shade. It's no. just, why are you creeping everybody out? <laughs> why? We nickname him Trenchy and we're just like, Trenchy, Trenchy just leave people alone. Yeah, you know, trenchy. unless you're like going to do something nice for them, just, mm. just leave them alone trenchy yeah maybe trenchy is like super benevolent and is like safeguarding you from something you can't even see maybe <gasps> maybe i wasn't okay. supposed to be oh, there maybe we were gonna like get shit. sideswiped while we were in the car or something could be that's kind just of like mothman. mothman yeah just like we go mothman janet exactly. okay all right i'm starting i'm shifting i'm shifting on <laughs> trenchy a little bit um mm-hmm. it's still wide open it's anyone's game it's anyone's <laughs> game trenchy if you're out there just try 
to do it in a slightly less creepy way, unless being creepy Mm -hmm. is what helps people move on. But in any case, everybody stay safe out there. Julia, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. And check out all of the various and sundry wonderful things that Julia does. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, we're number one. We could save kittens from trees. Or lunch on skyscrapers. Bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported.